Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Somebody say God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. <laughs> amen. Amen. Wow. God is so good. Um, I, miss, I miss Chris Peter. I miss India. I'm like, I'm getting the missions bug. It's biting me right now um, where we, we really want to get out there and encourage one another. Um, Chris Peter is one of my heroes. He's famous in heaven, and he's just a man on a motorcycle that met Jesus and decided that he was going to preach the gospel and goes out in villages, and he's planted churches of just people that would have never heard the gospel. He works all week long and then spends his weekends serving, gathering food, feeding those that have nothing, the untouchables, the people that even even sometimes churches over there honor the caste system above the kingdom of God and won't let them even sit on the steps of the church and they'll go sweep behind them. But he goes in and he loves on people, preaches the gospel, plants churches, and it's just amazing what he does. Like where where the gospel has never preached out in jungles, they're like, we we went. It was it was wild. There's there's everything from like terrorist groups, you know, in the jungles that you have to travel through, as well as um, as as wild animals and like we're singing super loud and he's like we've got to sing super loud because we're praising Jesus but it's also to keep the jaguars away so we're like praise God you know you know definitely cause you to not let the stones cry out in your place but uh, we were we were also apparently telling you know what you know what when God says to go. That's the safest place for you to be. You're safer in India in a jungle than you are sitting at home when you're in the will of God. Amen? <laughs> That's bottom line. Um, but I'm feeling that pull. Um, let's, let's take some time and let's pray for Chris Peter and for um, Jesus Cares Ministry. Um, we also are praying into um, a missions trip to Kenya, which I'm so excited. It's like a long time coming. Um, so we're praying into that as well. And um, God is really setting up some divine connections there as well. And um, so let's just take a minute. Let's just pray. So Jesus, we just pray right now for Chris Peter in India, for Jesus Cares Ministries. God, I pray that you would bless them, that you would multiply their time to them, that you would multiply um, energy and help and people, God, and that you would make um, everything so fruitful, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would um, raise people up, Lord, not just to hear the gospel and to come into your kingdom, but to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth in the streets in India. We ask for that, God. We pray for um, even larger vision for Chris Peter. Give him amazing, ridiculous favor everywhere he goes. When he goes into a new village, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would prepare those people ahead of time. Lord, send them dreams and visions. Lord, start to prepare their hearts to receive your gospel. And we just thank you for many, many more coming, God. We also pray, God, for um, missions and for... Um, future trip to Kenya. Lord, we pray for your perfect timing, your perfect will, your perfect connections, God. And we just thank you so much, Lord, for what you're um, about to do there. And we just um, we just give you glory and honor that we even get to serve ministries like this, that we even get to be grassroots and to actually um, touch the people and pray for them and know who they are, God. And we just give you glory for that, God. And we just thank you for this day. Lord, I ask that you would bless, Lord, um, the words that I say. Lord, let them be 
be your words, Jesus. I ask for your anointing. Without your anointing, Lord, it's all useless, God. So I'm asking you to come in, Lord, and say what you want to say today. I, pr I pray that you would anoint the eyes and the ears and the hearts to receive what you have. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory. Everybody, just, just lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. You are good. You are so good, God. You're so good, God. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good, God. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that you love us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, this Sunday, you may or may not know, but today is Volunteer and Connection Sunday. So ushers, lock the doors. Because <laughs> no. um, I think serving kind of gets a bad rap sometimes. We're going to talk about that. But this is going to be um, a really important transition for our church um, to kind of get um, get some uh, change of mindsets maybe in, in how we approach things. And um, how many of you know that serving is spiritual? Amen. <laughs> Amen. So with that, actually, Eric um, has a testimony to share. If you could come on down. And uh, let's give Eric Whedon a hand. Awesome, awesome. Man of God. Oh, with a voice that sounds like the voice of God. <laughs> Thank you. So all of you thought Joy was preaching today, but she's not. So um, full disclosure, I did ask Joy for a time limit. And she's like, oh, you don't need one. So if she, if she comes over and gives me a hug, then that means it's, it's time to, uh, yeah, drop the mic, right? Yeah. So when I was younger, um, when I was a wee bit lad, I used to see my grandfather all the time, like, volunteering in church, right? So... I'm a Jersey boy, East Coast boy, and my grandparents lived in Jersey City. And so every time I went to Jersey City to visit them, my grandfather was always at church, always at church. And I was like, why is he always at church? I'm like, does he work there? No, he just volunteers. I'm like, if he works all day, why does he come home and works at the church all night? I mean, to me, as a little kid, right, that didn't make much sense. Right? Who would agree? Right? And so I didn't think anything of it, but what was God doing at that time? God was planting something in my heart, and I didn't even know it. Right? And so fast forward, we moved to uh, San Antonio. And at the time in San Antonio, we, we only had four kids. Um, yeah. We had four under five. And uh, living in San Antonio, and I started volunteering at, actually at security in, in this one church in San Antonio. Um, you were like, security? But you're a sound guy. Yeah, I know, right? Go figure. And so volunteered there. We moved to Phoenix, and we started going to SFA. And at this time, we had five kids. So we had five under eight because Caleb, my youngest, was born. Um, and I was walking by the sound booth one day. You ever feel empty in your heart and you don't, don't ever know why? Like, I was in money. I was in investments for 20 years. So I was just surrounded by money for so long. And money became my God, right? But money still left me kind of, what, empty, right? I didn't even know what, why I was empty. Until one day, you guys remember Ken Shaw, right? Ken Shaw was in the sound booth. And I walked by the sound booth in SFA, 
and Pastor Friend was up there. We were about to do this production. And Ken said, hey, Eric, you, you want to learn how to do lights? And I was like, sure, why not? So I went to the sound booth, and I was doing lights for our big production where we had, like, Rembrandt paintings on, on the screen, live paintings on stage, and people would come out of the painting and, and do all this stuff. I mean, it was crazy. And I was just started volunteering for that. Ty joined the worship team. And we still had the five kids, right? And so I learned how to do lights. I learned how to do the video. But I always want to be behind that mixer, right? We had a 48-channel mixer, right? I was like, I want to do that. There was like four or five people ahead of me. And so I started volunteering, what, probably like in 2006 or so. And then Joy and Danny became worship leaders, and I was volunteering for them. And we were there, what, three or four times a week. So working 40 hours, volunteering about 15, 20 hours a week with kids at home. That's kind of crazy, right? So I started getting into music. Never knew I had the gift, right? Never knew I had the gift to run sound. I'm 35 years old at that time. Never knew. Didn't have any interest whatsoever to be behind a mixer until... You get 1,500 people in the audience, the lights are black, you got a 50-page script, and you got 10 wireless mics with kids holding, them in, holding the mics on stage, right? I didn't know God gave me the gift for pressure, for being under pressure. And it was only two productions that we will not speak of. <laughs> one of them I was involved, the other one I wasn't. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't ever speak of that second one. I'll speak of that, mine. We had Sarah Palin in the audience, and we had this big production, 1,500 people. My wireless mic doesn't work. Pastor Frank gets up on stage and stops the production, which pastors never do. 3,000 eyes. <laughs> right? But anyway, why do I say all this? Because at that time, I didn't know I was instilling stuff into my kids. Okay? My two older boys started playing music. My oldest started doing electric. You guys seen Timmy around here, started doing drums, you know, so they got involved in music. Um, it led to, uh, you know, us going into missions with YWAM. So I ran sound for, you know, YWAM. Um, it, got, it got so where I had my two older boys exposed to Bethel um, worship leaders in Reading because of that yes. When they were 15 and 17, they were playing with professionals on stage. How was that for their growth development? Right? My wife got to sing Ashley in the healing rooms one Saturday at Bethel. All because of that yes. That little yes that I did not know what I was saying yes to. I said yes. What's, what's Joy's favorite uh, uh, Bible translation? The Passion, right? But yeah, one of them. I met that guy twice up in Reading because I was running sound for the conference. You know, I've, I've uh, gosh, Jesus Culture. I was behind a mixer with Jesus Culture. I was behind a mixer with, huh? Sean Foyt twice. Uh, Lauren Cunningham at least four times. Bill Johnson once. You know, went to Chile five times. Ran a two-week conference down in Chile. 
you know, with, with all the big wigs for YWAM, all because of that one yes. You never know what that one yes will change and will, will do in your life. You never know what that one yes will break off, right? That one little yes, you know, changed everything. Now my two older boys make their own music, you know. My oldest son's in the Navy. He's leading a, a choir uh, up in Chicago for the Navy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that one yes. I thought it was money. I thought God wanted me to be involved in money. God was like, no, 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 no. It's so much. I've tried to run away from sound so many times. It's not even funny. And it's been like 17 years now, mixing three or four times a week, a lot of times for free. And I was like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I said that two weeks ago. You know what God did? He had somebody give me a call a couple days ago. I was like, yeah, we're having a conference up in Chico. Can you come on in November and run sound for the conference? You know, it's like, no, God, I don't want to. He's like, no, you're going. You're, you're going to go do that. So you never know, again, what that, yes. Some of you guys have talents, right? It, it's almost like whatever you don't like the most about the church, let's be real, we all have complained, right? Right? Whatever we don't like most about the church is probably where you need to serve. Right? If, if you, don't, you can hand clap that one. If you don't like the website, you probably have some website design skills. If you think we need to be on social media more, then you probably have some social media skills, right? If you don't like the lighting, if you don't like the way things sound, heck, some of you guys are probably better mixers than me. I don't care. Come join the sound booth. Run sound. You know, my identity is not in what I do. My identity is in Christ. So if there's somebody better than what I do, I welcome them to come back and do it. Teach me. I don't care. I'm Generation X. We don't care. <laughs> right? <laughs> we, don't, we don't care. You want to do it? Do it. You know? No sweat off my back. So there, there's some gifts that are inside of you that either you know that needs to be in this church or you don't know that you have those gifts yet. And God is calling those gifts out. So you ever been to a church where it's like, man, I wish I was in this church when it was ground up. You know, this is, this is bootstrapping, right? If you think about it, we got, what, 80, 70, 80 people, right? If this church grows to 5,000, 6,000 people, we're at the minimum going to at least need, you know, 30 or 40 staff, and another 70 or 80 volunteers at minimum. Because, oh, yeah, God got me through volunteering. God got me uh, actually uh, doing a finances for church. I started with YWAM Chico. I was on a board up at church up there. I've been doing working for nonprofits for like the last 10 years, all because of that. Yes. So what yes is God calling you to say yes to that you've been hesitant about doing it? We need that yes out. If you want this church to grow, we need more bodies, right? Have you guys, and I'll leave with just this joy. I'm sorry for taking so long. You didn't come up yet, so. Um, have you guys ever heard of Pareto's Law? Yeah, Pareto's Law. Pareto's Law says 
80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. And it's actually, 80, it's probably actually like 15% of the people, right? As we grow, that's not sustainable. Because that 15 core, there's more and more stress on them where they're gonna break. They need reinforcements, right? It's like it's you, your spouse, and God, right? Three cords. Same thing with the church. We need more bodies to strengthen that core. So as we grow, we don't have, we don't break. We don't, we're not falling underneath all that pressure where we snap. All right? So, amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you so much, Eric. So good. And, and I have to say, too, um, you know, with Eric, it's, it's one yes but it was a yes and 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 faithfulness for years and years and years. And it's powerful what God can do with that. Um, my life has transformed just volunteering in church. I had zero plans of going into ministry whatsoever. I had every plan to go back to teaching high school choir, and I was just taking some time off to um, be with uh, Tia. I was a baby at the time when we first started um, coming to church, and I'm like, well, I guess I should sing in the choir. And then little by little by little, the next step was um, they asked me to lead worship, and I was so scared because I'm like, I don't know how to lead worship. I haven't even read the Bible yet, and, you know, it's, I should probably read that, you know. And, you know, and I had to bring, it was like literally a Casio keyboard. I had to, like, bring it to this thing. But they asked me to lead worship for a Celebrate Recovery group of six people, and I was, like, shaking in my boots to do this. Oh, what if I let them down? What if I say something wrong and it's heresy and they kick me out or, you know. And, uh, but it all started with just like little, little yeses and faithfulness just over and over. And, and I have, I've served in probably any capacity that you can serve in any church, um, aside from maybe security. I don't think that they trusted me to do that. But, um, but it has been powerful. You learn so much and you learn a lot about God's faithfulness and his promises and how to work with people and leadership and, and all the different things. Um, but one of the most beautiful things that has come out of that is the closest relationships to me are ones that we have been in the battlefield together, um, you know, serving in church together. Like ev every single close relationship that I can think of, um, our relationships were forged in, in serving, and it's beautiful, um, and it's awesome. And that's part of um, the experience. So um, this church's vision, Awaken Life Church, is to awaken and empower God's church to impact our culture, connecting people to God's love, grace, and to their true identity in Christ. And so God has big vision for this church. Um, there's many prophetic words over this church about growth and not just growth, but influence, and not just influence locally and for our city and for our state, uh, but that there is influence um, um, nationally and internationally. Um, we already see that happening. Um, like, glory to God, you know, that there's people all over the world that watch the live stream and are being influenced and things like that. It's really, really powerful. But if we're going to get to that next level, if we're going to get to that next level of what God wants to see and revival hitting and just powerful ministry taking place, we all need to step up and take our seat. Amen? Because how many of you know that Daniel and I cannot achieve that vision on 
our own. <laughs> Even us and the pastoral staff, we cannot achieve that vision on our own. Even us and our entire leadership team cannot achieve that vision. We all need to step up and pray about where, where is my spot and how can I help serve that vision. Amen. So with that, let's put on the screen John 13, 3 through 5. John 13, 3 through 5 says, Jesus, this was um, at the Last Supper, and it said, um, prior to this, it said that Jesus knew that his hour had come, so he knew that he was about to go to the cross. He knew that he loved the people, and he had done his job in loving people. And then it says in verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Somebody say, all things into his hands. <laughs> and that he had come forth from God. Someone say, come forth from God. And was going back to God, got up from supper and laid aside his garments and taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So what is this saying? Like Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew, I am the son of God. I know everything that's at my hands. I know everything I have access to. I know exactly the timing of that. I've done my job here. I know exactly that I am going back to the Father right now. And what does he do with the fullness of his identity and everything that he knows about himself? He chooses to serve. He chooses to get down and wash people's feet, which, by the way, is not a job that you expect a male to do, not a job you expect anyone of any level of respect to do. Usually it was a woman, and usually it was someone like a, they were thought of as lesser. Does that make sense? But Jesus, knowing the fullness of his identity, walking truly in his identity, chooses to serve. And there's something that he demonstrates to us there. Amen? Somebody say amen. <laughs> Serving flows out of identity. Serving flows out of identity. Amen. Some, sometimes we get this thought, and especially in the world, we get this thought that we become a success when we have people serving us. But Jesus, in the fullness of his success, in the fullness, like he did his job loving people well, he knew who he was, he says, in this place is where I serve. Amen. Someone say, serving is awesome. <laughs> Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. Amen. And then further in John 13, 14 to 15 says, If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Amen. So he says, as I've washed people's feet, I want you to wash other people's feet. Amen? All right. Um, everything you do needs to be as unto the Lord. Okay? Everything you do needs to be as unto the Lord. So Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, whatever you do, work heartily. Somebody say heartily. <laughs> whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, okay? So when you are serving and when you're serving in a church or you're serving people or you're serving out in your community, you are not serving people. I actually ask, I sit down with, with my leaders and people that step onto pastoral staff and I tell them, you are not here to serve me and Daniel. You are here to serve the Lord. You're here to serve the Lord and to serve the vision that God has given here. 
Amen? And so it's like there's a, there's a different mindset that when we come in and it's like, no, I'm actually not serving the pastor. And you know what? Pastor could have a bad day. And maybe he doesn't seem like he's really worth serving right now. <laughs> right? Maybe I'm frustrated or whatever it is. But you know what? Jesus is always worth serving. Amen? He's always worth it. It was life-changing to me. Um, there was a moment that um, I was chatting with Ken and Diane Bach, and they have just such servant hearts. Like It's like their wiring is just like serving and serving the Lord. And um, there was a moment where, where Ken, this was a long time ago, Ken was talking about the, the camera angles online, and he's just like, you know, it's, it's, um, there's times that it's like for the people watching online that someone steps out of their view and the camera's chasing them around and it kind of takes a minute, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, like, at least they're kind of getting it, and he's just like, no, he's like, that's not okay, he's like, this is for Jesus, like, this is not for the people that are watching, yes, we want to serve them well, he's like, but this is for Jesus, we're here serving Jesus, and he deserves our very, very best, he deserves excellence, amen, and that was life-changing for me. It was like, oh, my goodness, you, you are so right. Even in the things that I'm doing and the way that I do it, I need to keep in mind, I am not serving people. I am serving Jesus. Amen? It's a different standard. It's a different excellence. And it's also, man, it's my joy to serve Jesus. Amen? It's my honor. It's my privilege to serve Jesus. It's not this compulsory guilt thing. I want to serve Jesus because of all that he's done for me. Amen? So good. Um, yeah. Revival culture. How many of you want to see revival? <laughs> we, I think we need to have uh, more messages talking about what does that mean, what does that look like. Um, but we, we very much believe that there's a billion soul harvest coming. Um, it's a billion soul harvest that we're not just waiting to have happen to us. It's a billion soul harvest that we want to co-labor with Jesus to bring. We want to go out on the streets and we want to compel people to come in. We want to go and preach the gospel, the go of the gospel and make disciples. Amen. The, the, the harvest fields are already white. We're not waiting for this like, oh, boom, all of a sudden, you know, revival's happening. We want to partner with God to see revival happen. Amen. But how many of you would love to see this church double in size in a year? <laughs> Amen. There has been prophetic words around that. Now, that's, I, I'm not looking for that to validate that this is what God has for us, but I know from the prophetic words that God has spoken is that he has greater influence in that way. Does that make sense? So I'm not measuring success based on on numbers and people, but there is something in there. Amen? Okay. So if we doubled in size, that means like, uh, let's say another 80 to 100 people. Okay. How many kids will, will there be coming in through here? <laughs> At least like 40%, right? Will be kids. Okay. That's, that's a lot more teachers. That's a lot more children's workers. That's a lot more greeting. That's a lot more garbage that needs to be taken out. That's a lot more coffee. That's a lot more toilet paper that needs to be restocked. Amen. And so there's this thing that happens where it's like these very, very practical things that don't seem spiritual at all are actually more spiritual than you think they are when it comes down to it. Does that make sense? Okay. So revival is coming. We want to be ready. Amen. We want to be ready. That's a bunch more cars that are going to need to um, be uh, ushered and uh, dealt with in the parking lot. Amen? Amen, amen? Amen. Let's, let's take a laugh break for a second. Ha, 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 ha. 
I think we need to laugh at some lies. Let's laugh at some lies. Hmm. Let's laugh at this lie. Here's a good one. Stacking chairs isn't important. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Let's laugh at this lie. Oh, this is a guilt message just trying to get me to do more stuff. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> there's, there's a mindset shift that I feel like the Lord is bringing, and it's as much a mind shift for me as it is for anyone else. And we're going we're gonna to get to that in a second, okay? So revival culture. Um, what's happening in our world right now is a very deliberate indoctrination of our children. Amen? Um, those, we talked about Title IX last week. If you're not familiar with what that is, um, go and check out the message last week or the announcement or whatever it was um, where we talked about that. But there is very specific indoctrinating of children that's trying to happen to try and bring perversion, to try and bring a different gospel than what's preached in the Bible. Amen? Um, it is so, so, so important that we stand up and that we fight those things that we don't just stand by and watch our little kids be, um, be abused, honestly, and, and perverted and warped in their minds. Amen? Do we all agree with that? Okay? Just as important is that we have lots of kids coming out in and out of these doors that need to hear truth, that need to hear the gospel, that need to hear good doctrine. And it's not just about doctrine. It's about people being there for them and people that they can trust and rely on that cares for them. Amen? What message does it send to our kids when they come to church and we're always out of volunteers for kids? What message does that send to our kids, right? Or when it's like, oh, it's a burden. I got to work in children's again, and I got to be with the toddlers, okay? Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to send any guilt messages. Every church I have ever been a part of or ever seen always has this same thing. It's, it's always the struggle to find people um, to go and help in the children's area. And I think that there's a mindset that somehow it's not as important or it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm called to prophesy to nations. I'm like, awesome. There's nation leaders back there prophesy to them first amen it is really really important um, all churches that I've been a part of has the same thing so please don't hear me beating people over the head literally we went to Bethel Church over the the summer and um, we were going to go to one of the services and they sent out an email saying we're so sorry we don't have enough children's workers for this service so there's not child care for this service but you can come to the 10 o'clock or whatever it was so this is all across the body of Christ but there's a mind shift here that needs to happen amen Amen. Someone say, God is shifting my mind. <laughs> He's shifting my mind too. Amen. Amen. We want godly, amazing people imparting the word of God to our kids and not just imparting the word of God, but being there. Just being there, being steady, being faithful. I'm here for you. Building relationship. Don't let it intimidate you that like, oh, I don't know how to teach and I don't know what Bible verse or whatever. It's every bit as much about you showing up for them and being willing to pray and hear their stories and share your story as it is, you know, doctrine. Amen. And, and that is all provided for you as well. We make sure that, that, that it's all lined up with what we believe. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, God has been talking to me recently about um, how I have found myself performing as a mom instead of being relationally connected and enjoying my kids, 
okay? So because of all these check boxes and all these pressures that I've put on myself of what it means to be a good mom, I start performing the things, whether it's laundry, whether it's this, that, whatever, and I'm performing, performing, performing to the point that my children come up to me and I'm just like, rah, stop making messes, rah, stop doing that, right? Rather than being relationally connected to them and actually enjoying them, which is exactly what they need from a mom. Does that make sense? Because I'm so busy performing, I'm actually not being the best mom that I can be. Does this make sense? So um, as the Lord has been talking to me about this, um, the Lord started speaking about um, structure and focus and things like that. And so we started approaching those things with the church and what it looks like with um, our work day and where to spend our time. And it was really fantastic. But then the Lord started highlighting some things at our home. Okay, now how many of you know that a healthy family is not one where mom is doing all the things and the children are sitting down waiting to be served? How many of you know that? <laughs> Somewhere, um, I don't think I got the memo on that. And part of this is because my mom was amazing. She did everything. It was awesome. She was like, you guys focus on your education. And, you know, and so it's just like things just got done. And it was awesome. But also, she's even had this conversation. She's like, I feel like I could have prepared the kids more to you know, be in the world and to, to handle these things. So this is something um, that I've been entering in my house, and um, we're, we're, re we're refocusing what home life looks like, and part of this is the amazing Tracy Love, who is massively talented in this area. She's going to be writing a book. She's going to have a whole ministry, but I have her first, so leave her alone for now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, but she's come in, and she's just really, really good in this area of just, like, what does home management look like, and how do we do this? And these are things that I just had no clue of. We were doing really good when we had three kids. We had two more, and it was like I was overrun and exhausted and tired. And I'm looking at this giant pile of dishes in the sink all the time, and I'm resentful. And then I'm not enjoying my kids, and I'm like, it's all on me. And then I start being a martyr, and then I'm biting every everyone's heads off and I'm like I'm a good mom because I'm doing everybody's dishes and I'm doing all the laundry and you know all the things right and so it was actually um, preventing me from being a better mom at peace and able to connect and enjoy everybody does this make sense has anyone ever been there as a mom <laughs> right and so what we started doing is Tracy was like okay you guys need to be team Willette Okay, she's like, and, and, you know, maybe this, this is a revelation to me and not to anyone else in this room, but this was a revelation to me. She said, you know, she's like, if any of my kids put a dish in the sink, they're going to get it. <laughs> and I was like, huh. And she's like, yeah, they're not, you don't put dishes in the sink, you put it in the dishwasher. And I'm like, but what if the dishwasher's already loaded? Then you unload the dishwasher and you wash your dish and you put it in the, in the, in the dishwasher, Right. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so we did this whole presentation with our kids, and we're like, hey, here's the deal. Um, we need to train us all up in becoming a team, and we are Team Willette, right? And so let's give this a try. We're going to divide up stuff into zones, and everyone's going to have a different zone, and it's going to be awesome. You're going to know what to expect, and everyone is going to do their own dish. 
And um, what happened is within a week, everybody in the house was like, this is so much better. Oh my gosh, I only have to wash one or two dishes and it doesn't fall on someone's plate. Rannon's not like, oh, I gotta do a million dishes, right? Why am I talking about all of this? <laughs> because there is an application here with the church. Amen. A healthy church is not one where there's like a few people that are doing a lot of the, the, the work and the things. It's where everybody contributes. And when everybody's contributing, it makes really light work. Does that make sense? And it's really important. It's all about us all having a mindset of we're here and we're going to serve because this is our family that we're serving. Does this make sense? And it kind of shifts away from, from what uh, sometimes we, we get in our heads. So um, the Lord started correcting me. He gave me a dream. And um, in the dream, I was referring to people in the church. And I was just like, yeah, the customers. And the Lord corrected me in, after the dream. And he's just like, you are processing these people like they're customers. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, they're, they're, they're people, and we're leading, we're shepherding, da-da-da-da. And he's just like, you need to change the mindset from this church is a group of customers. He's like, what are customers? Customers are people that you want to make happy, that you want to serve so that they'll come back. They're people coming only to receive, right? And he's like, you need to shift that mindset there. Amen. And uh, again, I'm not faulting anyone in this room. It's me. I'm, I'm also like, oh, we need to make sure that we're coming into a mindset. If this is not a group of customers, then what is it? This is a family. Amen. This is a family. And we all need to have a heart and a mind to pitch in and to help one another and to serve one another and do it with gladness and cheerfulness in our hearts. Amen. Because customers, like for example, um, Ethan, Ethan had this whole, do you guys remember the whole chicken sandwich debate? Where it's just like Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's versus KFC's chicken sandwich or whatever. There was like a whole thing. Like people were divided on the internet. There was like, people were ready to like go to war. <laughs> it's like, no, Chick-fil-A, no, Popeye's, you know, whatever. And so Ethan had this thing where he's like, I want to taste test every chicken sandwich that they have at all the places. And because this became such a big thing, um, they actually ran out of chicken at lots of restaurants because this became so popular, right? And then every restaurant that didn't already have a chicken sandwich that looks like Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich developed one. So then McDonald's has got one and Carl's Jr. and all the different ones. So Ethan is like, we're going to try all the chicken sandwiches and we're going to put it to rest. Which one is the best one? And so, and I'm really sorry I'm talking about Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches when they're not open today. So just keep that in mind if you start craving Chick-fil-A. But uh, we tried Chick-fil-A sandwich and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really awesome. That's my favorite by the way, is, is Chick-fil-A. And it's the Lord's sandwich. So how am I going to debate that, right? And so then we tried Popeye's chicken sandwich. And it was really good. It was kind of like that southern, more southern feel, kind of more old school or whatever. But I was like, nope, Chick-fil-A. That's like, that's the best one. I think Ethan was Popeye's. I think Tia was Popeye's. Anyway, so we tried all these chicken sandwiches, okay? So what happens when we have a customer mindset where it's like, I want to go where I'm going to be served the best. 
is that we go and we sample some chicken sandwiches and we decide which restaurant we go to based on how they're serving it up. And if we like the way they're serving it up, then we're going to go there. And if we don't like how they're serving it up, there's a thousand different restaurants down the street. Amen. And I submit to you. And if, if you are church hopping and trying to figure out where you belong, I bless you to do that. It is really important. That decision is a big deal. It's important. So don't take that lightly. The church that you choose is going to be the people that it's like your tribe. So that is a, an important decision. But when we think like that, that we're just going to jump down the street to the next chicken sandwich restaurant, we are not fully getting out of this what it's meant to be. Because the church is not a place. Amen. Church is people, right? So when Jesus is talking about that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, he's not talking about an institution having Sunday morning services. That's just like the gates of hell are not going to prevail against a Sunday morning service. It's like, no, that's, that's the, not the thing, right? The church is what happens in between services. The church is what happens in some of these relationships, like if you're lonely and you don't have tribe or whatever, get in and start serving. I guarantee you're gonna meet some amazing, amazing people here. Um, but it becomes your tribe. They're there for one another. You pray for one another. You serve together. You have ideas. You raise your children together. It's really, really, really powerful. Amen? So much more powerful than what we make it. Okay? Um, the... The church, and like this is, this is again the vision of this church, the Lord gave me a dream where uh, Jesus took a turn. I don't know why it was rolling a ball, but he was rolling a ball. It almost looked like ski ball. Jesus took a turn at something, and then there was a big man on a platform, and he took a turn at something, and then nothing was happening. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, what's, what's supposed to happen next? And then I heard uh, it was basically the Lord saying, do you know why nothing is happening right now? And I was like, no, is Jesus going to take another turn? Is the man on the platform going to take a turn? And he's like, no, nothing's happening right now because it's the church's turn. It's the church's turn, right? So when you come into this place, it's to get filled up and encouraged and to be with one another so that everywhere you go in your normal everyday life, when you're at the grocery store, at the gas station, or at your workplace, you are bringing church there, does that make sense? You are a gate of heaven. You are a walking encounter with Jesus everywhere you go. Do you see how the gates of hell will not prevail against that? Amen. It doesn't matter if they try to shut down our voice here or change how services happen or whatever. Nothing can stop the church from going into the marketplace and ministering Jesus. Amen. When we talk about fivefold ministry, it's found in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 talks about how God gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and pastors and teachers, right? And what we sometimes think is that pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and what was the other one? Apostles? All of them? That they're there to do the serving, that they're there to minister and to, to get everybody saved and all the things. But what the scripture actually says is that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. Raise your hand if you're a saint in here. Amen? Okay? If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, you're a saint. 
If you think you're still a sinner, we'll talk, take the grace class, and we'll be good, right? If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, you are a saint. Biblically, there is nowhere that you are still referred to as a sinner, okay? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus is good, right? So the fivefold ministry is there to serve and equip the body, and I'm included, and I'm a saint as well, to equip the body for the work of service. Because if y'all are powerful and moving in the Holy Spirit and the power of God everywhere you go, we're not waiting for the big man on the platform to come through town and have a conference anymore. Does this make sense? Oh, invite your friends to come get healed by the big man on the platform. Now, I'm not downing that. There was a season and a time that God used that to show us what was available. But he is not pouring that out on just great men and women of God here and there anymore. It's on all of you. Amen. Someone say, it's my turn. It's my turn. (laughs) The gates of hell will not prevail against you. That's what God always intended. That's what Jesus believes in his church. Amen. He believes in his church. If he believes in it, I believe in it. Amen. Hugely, hugely important. Um, The church is not customers. Um, there's something that we do sometimes, we start to institutionalize things. And as soon as you institutionalize something, you actually remove humanity from it. You are dehumanizing something when you institutionalize. Does this make sense? So people institutionalize churches, okay? I've, I've even been doing this with, my, with our leaders. I'm like, hey, like, I, d- please don't see me as the pastoral staff. Please don't see me as Awaken Life Church. See me as, hi, I'm Joy. I have five kids. I am trying to pursue the call of God in my life the best I can. The vision that he's given me is to awaken and empower God's church, uh, to impact our culture, connecting them to uh, God's love, grace, and to their true identity in Christ. If y'all feel that vision, y'all come with me. <laughs> but we're not perfect. We're trying to figure this out. We're walking with the Lord. It's important that we keep thinking about humans. Does this make sense? Rather than institutions. Does this make sense? Okay. So Chris Valentin had a post the other day. I thought it was really awesome. Um, but uh, Banning Liebscher, do you guys know who Banning Liebscher is? He's the, the leader and creator of Jesus Culture, and it's now a church, Jesus Culture Church. Banning Liebscher um, has this happened to him. Someone came up to him and says, does this church have a ministry to the poor? And he said, I'm not sure. Are you reaching out to the poor? If so, then we have a ministry to the poor. amen so what is the point of that we have institutionalized the church and the side effect is that we have taken away personal responsibility from the body of Christ institutions cannot love people or organizations cannot love people corporations cannot love people governments cannot love people they can do good things for people they can serve people but only God and people can love people Love must be personal to be powerful. If you want your organization to experience love, they must experience people. Amen? Amen. We want to keep it relational. Somebody say keep it relational. Okay? So when you serve in church, it is relational. It is not transactional. Amen? Someone say it's relational, not transactional. Mm Mm-hmm. Serving together is really, really powerful. Um, serving is, is how I formed all the major relationships in my life. It's how I got discipled. It's all the things. Amen. 
Amen. Serving is good for you and your growth and maturity. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So what this is saying is don't just try and run from sin or run from doing the wrong things. It's saying go and actively love and serve one another. Amen? Somebody say amen. <laughs> amen. Um, I can tell you um, from personal experience, when we first started coming to church, um, we were brand new. We had an, a bunch of brokenness. Daniel and I were married. We were 25 we had just had Tia and decided, okay, do we believe what we say we're going to believe or not? We should probably raise our daughter in church. And um, we looked around at a few different churches, and then we decided on one, and we sh literally shook hands on it and decided to go. But how many of you know that we had a lot of things that needed to get worked out of us? <laughs> Amen. And I can tell you that someone asking my husband to go and start volunteering in the sound booth was something that was very catalytic to the saving of our marriage and very catalytic to our walk with God and helped us to come to church consistently. Amen. Can I be real? Like, I, do you agree with that, Daniel? It's like there was probably Sundays that he would not have come to church if it weren't for the fact that he was accountable. Eric's raising his hand back there. If it weren't for the fact that someone was counting on him and waiting for him to show up, it was really, really important to us at that time. There was something where he didn't even like worship music. Funny that he's a worship leader now, right? He's like, this music, I don't like the music. Da, da, da. But because he was expected to be there, it really helped. And it's like he sat under message after message and anointing after anointing, and God started transforming our lives. Amen? It's good. All right. Amen, amen. A lot of people think that success means that you're being served. Um, Mark 9.35 says, anyone who wants to be first must be last and the servant of all. The truth is, is that you will always be happiest when you're serving, if you're serving with a willing heart. Amen. If you're serving out of compulsion, you know, then maybe not, okay? But you will always be happiest when you're serving, if you're serving with a willing heart. Amen? You will always be the most unhappy when you're waiting to be served. Amen? This is true. Let me, let me give you a marriage tidbit, okay? The best marriages are two people who love one another and serve one another. The worst marriages are ones where they are both sitting back and waiting for the other one to serve them. Amen. The healthiest families are ones where everybody shows up, just like, where can I serve? Where can I jump in? And the unhealthiest families are when everyone's sitting down waiting to be served. Does this make sense? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. We're wrapping it up. So is this your family? And it's okay if you don't know that yet. If you don't know that, you, that's okay, right? You take, take a minute, you pray, you hear from the Lord. I'm not trying to manipulate anybody or anything, okay? But is this your family? Um, let's come out of like the customer mindset. It's like, okay, if this is my family, where is it that I can jump in? And I'm just going to share with you, um, I'm going to share with you very very real about where we're at. I'm looking around at a lot of my leaders right now, and I'm seeing the same look on their face that I had on my face staring at a giant pile of dishes. 
<laughs> and just like, oh, I'm failing. And it's like, I took it on myself. I was like, I'm failing. I'm not doing enough and all these things. And the revelation was, no, actually, I need to empower and teach my family to come in and help out because it's actually less work for everybody if they're pitching in. And then it's like, I get to actually enjoy family. I actually get to enjoy when I'm serving because I'm not forced to. Does that make sense? And so I'm looking at some of my leaders and I'm like, we really, really need help in the sound booth, for example. We really, really need help in children's and greeting. There's lots of different areas um, that people can jump in. And it's like, it's as little as the commitment as once a month or even once every six weeks. Um, or if you want to jump in and just do all the things, you're, you're welcome to do as much as well. Um, but it can be so powerful. Just if like 10 people say yes on a rotation, it makes everybody's job much less. Does this make sense? And this is spiritual. Amen. How spiritual is it for a few people who are anointed and called to get burnt out and want to run from the building? Amen. That's, it's like that's starting to affect them spiritually. Does this make sense? So rather than let our brothers and sisters fall into like discouragement and frustration, let's all step up and, and, and help. Amen. Amen. And I know for some of you, it's like you haven't known where to jump in. So I'm not, I'm not faulting anybody for where we're at. This is as much me not asking people to serve and understanding that importance as anyone else. So let me be the first one to say I needed a mind shift. Amen. All right. Um, this church is powerful, generous group of talented, gifted, called, anointed people of God. Amen. <laughs> um, jump in. Jump in, jump in. If you've been hurt in another church, jump in. God saw what you did there. God saw you serve there. It counted for something. Amen. So please don't let, don't wait for the other shoe to drop and be like, oh, I got hurt before doing this. God, God's like, hey, jump in. This is what healthy families do. Amen. Um, he sees you and he sees the pain, but it's like jump in. The things that got hurt in relationship before will get healed in relationship. Amen. If you've been hurt by leaders, God wants to heal that by bringing healthy leaders around you where you can have those things healed. Amen. Really important. Um, so let's just laugh at some lies together real quick. Serving is for other people who are called to that. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> All right. Um, we have people for that. Ha, 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 ha. Someone look at someone next to you and say, you're the people for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the people for that, right? Amen. All right. Here's another lie. Serving is just a stepping stone to greater things and greater ministry opportunities. Ha, 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 ha. I pastor this church. I stack chairs and tables, and I help out, and I pitch in. I clean up food, and I take out the garbage. Amen. If there's a poopy diaper in that thing, I'm not leaving that till our staff meeting on Tuesday. You know, we, we take the garbage out. We pitch in, and we help. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's laugh at this. I've done my time serving in church, and now I've graduated. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pass around a piece of paper to all of you because I love instant activation. And this is a glorious, beautiful piece of paper created by Becky, who is our office administrator. And she is fantastic. And she's basically outlined all the ministries in our church and all the different areas and opportunities for you to serve. Go ahead and start passing them. 
um, is highlighting all the different areas that you can serve, all the different leaders and all the things. And then some of them are just like, oh, what are some talents and gifts and things that you have that you'd like to make known? Um, but I want to challenge you, okay? I want to challenge you to pray and ask God about areas of ministry that you can feel like you can jump in. Amen. And for those of you that feel led by the Lord, it's wonderful if you just write on the sheet, put me wherever I'm needed. That's valid too. Okay. If you don't know, put me wherever I'm needed is really, really awesome. Now keep in mind, we do have background checks and things for the children. So please don't hear. We're just going to throw anybody back there. That's not how it works. Um, we do uh, want to honor safety and things like that. But take a look at that sheet of paper and we're just going to take a minute right now. So Jesus... Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide and direct, Lord, not just the ministries that need help, although that's awesome, God, and we're believing you to, to fill any gaps that are needed, God, but we also ask, Lord, that you would put on people's hearts where you know that there's strategic friendships and relationships that are about to be formed, or even like, like with Eric, where he had no idea that music was a calling in his family, and that that would be a stepping stone to fully see the destiny revealed in his children. God, I pray, Lord, for those divine connections to take place, God. And I just thank you so much for it, Jesus. Mm -hmm.